0: But you know, I like stories. Uh, matter of fact, I like to read. I'm, I'm a reader, I read all the time. Matter of fact, if I have a fault about in, in, in that part of my life is that I read so much that I, I read multiple books at one time. I'm always reading two or three books. And I get them confused. People will ask me, what are you reading? And then and they'll, they'll say, where did you read that? Then I can't remember where I read it because I'm, I, was it in that book or that book? I, but but I'm, I'm always reading. But the thing that I like about reading is I love the stories I like to read a book where someone 's making a point, and then, as they make the point, they tell a story and, and in the story, you can see how maybe you, that your story intersects with that, and how maybe you can see how that works in someone 's life. It helps me to connect to the character to the story to insert myself into the thing that i 'm reading and you know um, this particular sermon series that we 're in right now has really turned out for me to be this really Just kind of a fun sermon series for me Um, because every single sermon is a story. Every sermon is about a biblical character, about something in their life or maybe their entire life or, or just something that happened that I believe we can take from their life some lesson to help us live our lives in a way that's pleasing to God. And so, it's been a lot of fun just, just listening to the stories. And so far, we've had a lot of good biblical characters. If you've missed those, you can go to our website at heartchurch.org, and you can go to media, and just go on there and click on the sermon series. Um, The name of it is Building Character, Life Hacks for Living Forward, and you can listen to those stories of those lives. Amazing people. And today, we're gonna have another life we're gonna look at, and this is really a cool life. I like this guy that we're gonna be talking about today, I love his story. And and the reason I do is because I think I've experienced some of the stuff that he experienced in his life, some of the feelings that we're going to talk about today. I've experienced it, and I believe that you have too. I believe that we all have. Now, this guy is a guy that, well, quite frankly, he's not very well liked. Uh, Everything just doesn't, isn't going real well for him in the beginning, and and you're going to find out more about him, but his name is Zacchaeus. Now, some of you may remember, if you've been in church for a long time, that, and I'm not singing this song, but, but, but we sang a song about him growing up when I was in Sunday school growing up, and it says Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, and it says he climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Savior he wanted to see, right? And you're going to hear this in the story, and as the Savior came by, and he says, Zacchaeus, come down, I'm going to your house today, and we're going to read that story. Maybe you remember about Zacchaeus, but what a great guy and a great story, so let's take a look today. We're going in Luke chapter 19, and, um, and we're going to have some other verses that come, you know, sort of slide in there from different places to make a point. But uh, we're, we're going to be talking about Zacchaeus' life today. And as we look at his story, um, I, wanna, I'm, I really want us to focus on how much God loves us. And, and this is such an encouraging story. And uh, again, because I think we can see ourselves in it. And and so, uh, we're going to see just how much God loves us, and and how some things that we might think would affect the way God loves us, doesn't affect the way God loves us, and and things that we all need to hear about. All right, let's take a look at Zacchaeus this morning, And, uh, and I want you to know this morning that if you've ever thought for a moment in your life that God doesn't care about you, If you've ever thought for a moment that you need, uh, you know, that he just doesn't have anything for you, or that whatever for whatever reason, I want you to pay attention today, because you're going to find out just how much he loves you. Let's look at his story. The first thing as we look at Zach's story this morning, I'm going to call him Zach if that's okay. Zach, Zach. okay, just Zach instead of Zacchaeus. I just… Biblical names sometimes, you know, why do they just call people Joe and Sam? I don't know why they have these long names. That's a story and a study for another day. But anyway, God's love for you is not based on, okay, it's not based on this, how you feel about yourself. Now that's the first thing that I want you to see from this story we're gonna look at this morning, is that God's love for you is not based on how you feel about yourself. You can feel a lot of ways about yourself, right? You can, you can feel like that, well, you know, I just don't matter too much, or my life isn't, hasn't really been significant. I haven't really invested too much in this or in that, or, or I've, I've done this thing or done that thing or whatever. And sometimes we can begin to feel and we can sort of get down on ourselves and have these feelings that, that we really don't matter much to God. But I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's love for you is not based on how you feel about yourself. Let's look at Luke chapter 19, verses one through five. We're gonna start on the story, okay? I just sort of told you the song, but that was a synopsis, but here's the story. Jesus enters Jericho and he's passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he couldn't see because he was small of stature. So, he ran on ahead of the crowd, and he climbed up into a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by, for Jesus was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, the, the sycamore tree where Zacchaeus was, he looked up in the tree, and he says to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So, this is an incredible story. We got this guy, Zacchaeus. And, 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 he, and he goes because everybody's talking about Jesus and they're hearing about Jesus and Jesus is coming through town and the streets are lined with people like, wanting to get a glimpse of Jesus. And, and Zacchaeus is saying, I wanna see who this guy is. And you'll find out later that he probably had an attitude that was a little different than some other people's. I wanna see who this dude is, okay? And so he goes and he goes out, but, but Zacchaeus is short in stature, so he can't see over the crowd. So he runs down the street, and climbs up in a tree, so that he can get a good look when Jesus comes by. Now, in order to understand this story, and you have to have a little bit of context, you have to understand that Zach's uh, life, the, the, his work, what he did for a living uh, would cause him some problems in that culture that, that, at that time. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And uh, he was not only a tax collector, collector, but he was a chief tax collector. Now, this isn't in the biblical text, what I'm about to say, but I'm just thinking through this. I'm thinking, okay, why would he be designated as a chief tax collector? Usually when you're a chief, you got some Indians under you, right? So, he probably was a boss of some other tax collectors. And so, he's this tax collector, and you're going, well, what's the big deal about that? We have tax collectors today, we have to pay — well, here's the big deal. The way the Roman government imposed taxes on the people, they would just say, okay, this is what the tax is. Then they would have people that would come to work for them, and they would be tax collectors. Well, The way that person made money is they would add more tax on top of the tax. So the Romans said, here's the tax. The tax collector comes along and he goes, here's the tax, but you got to pay this much because I'm the collector. And think about it. If you were a chief tax collector and you had tax collectors under you, well, now the tax collector under you is going to raise the taxes. Well, now you're the chief tax collector. you got to make a little bit of money, so you're going to raise it a little bit higher. And, to, and, and, and on top of all that, he was rich. It says he was rich. He had gotten rich off the backs of hard-working people, his own people, the Jews, off of Gentiles and off of Roman citizens. I mean, this guy was just living large, getting rich, off of the backs of people that were working really hard. You think that people like this guy very much? No, he wasn't well liked. Matter of fact, it was considered a sin what he was doing, and he couldn't even go to the temple to worship. I mean, he was in a, a bad situation, and he knew that people did not like him. He knew that he knew that. So he couldn't worship and he was despised by most folks. And here's another thing about Zach. This is interesting. Now listen, but before I say this, I don't want to be insensitive, and I'm not trying to be. God makes people in all shapes and sizes, and all colors, and all and that's wonderful. Diversity is a wonderful thing, and we're all created in God's image, and, and you know, he loves us and all. But in this particular situation, there is a note. He says that he was small in stature. Now, why would that be pointed out in God's Word? Why would would the writer take time to say, oh, by the way, he was small in stature? Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think he was extraordinarily small in stature to the point that he, and and think about this, he wasn't liked. He was a tax collector. People didn't like him. People probably said things about him and talked about him, and then he was very small in stature, so I would imagine that people called him names and stuff, and they made fun of him because of that, because he's, already they didn't like him, right? He already caused them a lot of problems. So, so here's this guy. Can you imagine how he feels about himself? Now, he's wealthy, and he might feel like I'm doing pretty good, but he can't even have a good time with what he's earned. People don't want to be around him. His own people don't want him to come to worship with him, and, 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 you know, he's just having a tough time. And so, he's pretty down on himself, and he's not feeling too good about himself. He, and, and too, and think about the people around him, the Romans, you know, these, these, these folks around him, uh, the Romans, they probably felt like he sort of sold out his own people at being a tax collector. And then his own people just felt like he had sold them out because now he's, he's collecting all these taxes. Didn't have many friends, couldn't worship, was despised by a lot of people, and it was pretty short and probably was made fun of. I'm sure he didn't feel as though he mattered much to God. You know, he, he probably like, I, you know, I, I I'm just don't matter much. But, but, the, but that wasn't the case at all. L- listen to this. In, in Luke 19, 5, it says, when Jesus came to the place... So, Jesus is walking down the street, Zacchaeus is in the tree, right? He's trying to get a glimpse of this guy, Jesus, he's heard some stuff about him, and, he, and Jesus comes to this place, and he, he looks up. He, he looks up in the tree, sees Zacchaeus, and, I, and you know, and this is not exactly what it says in this version, but in the Ed Kendrick version, the EKV, this is what it says. He, he comes to the place, and Jesus is walking down the street, and he sees, and he just stops. He's going, what's up, Zach?" And Zacchaeus wets in his pants at that moment. <laughs> because can you imagine? I mean, he's, he, he's like, doesn't know, doesn't know Jesus. He's, he wants to see who Jesus is. The, the, the son of God, he's heard that he's there's the Messiah. He's healing people. He's doing all these crazy things. And everybody's saying this guy's the Messiah. He's coming down the street and he just stops and looks up in the tree and says, what's up, Zac? You would freak out too if he did that. But what I want you to see from all this is that even though Zach was down on himself, even though Zach may not have thought that God cared anything about him, he was absolutely wrong. And here's what I want you to see. Don't you ever think for a moment that regardless of how you feel about yourself, that God isn't paying attention to you. Don't you ever think that. We're told in Psalm 139, 16, this, it says, "'You saw my unformed substance. "'In your book were written every one of my days, "'the days that were formed for me, "'when as yet there were none of them.'" It says that when you weren't even formed, and as you were being formed in your mother's womb, that God saw you and you were significant, and you had a purpose, and He's watching you, and you matter to Him because you're a creation of His created in His image. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. And Jesus with Zachary, he, he, Zacchaeus, he looked past Zach's life, all the stuff and all the way he felt about himself, and, and he looked at his heart. And it didn't matter how Zach felt about himself, that didn't dictate how God felt about Zach. And sometimes you may feel, for whatever reason, that you don't matter to God, And that He doesn't care about you. And you may feel that in the grand scheme of things, you're of absolutely no significance to God, that your life really doesn't matter. Let me tell you something, you're wrong. You're wrong. Isaiah, God speaking, listen to me, O oh, house of Jacob. And we're grafted into the house of Jacob if we put our faith and trust in Jesus. It says, listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel who have been been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he. He's saying, I'm God, even from your old age, and to the gray hairs that you get, I will carry you. I made you, and I will bear, I will carry, and I will save you. He cares about you. God cares about you. He doesn't define worth the way we define worth. He doesn't look at you and say, well, you're down on yourself, so I'm down on you. It doesn't matter how we feel about ourselves. God's love for you is not based on how you feel about yourself. And I don't know about you, but that's an important thing, because there are times in all of our lives when we get a little down on ourselves. There are times when we don't feel like maybe God loves us or cares about us. Maybe we've done something, we'll talk about that in a moment. Maybe we've lived a certain way or had an attitude or whatever it is and we feel like, man, you know, God just doesn't really care about me. My life's not real significant. You know, I'm not in the bright lights or whatever. I I, I don't know, God, you know, I'm just kind of there. I'm not all that significant. You're wrong. God created you in his image with a plan and a purpose for your life to bring him glory and advance his kingdom. He put you on this planet. It doesn't matter how you feel about yourself. And I think that's encouraging to know that that even when I'm down on myself, that doesn't mean God's down on me. I think that's important for us to know. And another thing that we can see from his life is, is another thing that happens to us, and sometimes I can see this in my own life, and, and, and it has affected me in my own life from time to time, and probably has affected you as well, and it's this. God's love for you is not based on how other people feel about you. Now right there, you should have jumped up, screamed, high-fived each other, and said, thank you, Lord. Because people can be nasty, can't they? People can be judgmental. But I want you to listen to this in verses five through seven. And when Jesus came to the place, to the tree, the sycamore tree, right? He looks up and he says, hey, Zach, what's going on? Hurry up and come down, for I must stay at your house today, Zach. So, and and Zach's going, how did he know my name? He wants to come to my house. And so, Zach hurries down from the tree and and, and he, he receives Jesus joyfully at his house And when the people saw it, they saw it. Listen to what it says. They all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Can't you just hear it? You know what grumble means? In the original language, in the Greek, the Aramaic, that that, that word grumble means to express indignant displeasure. In other words, they're not happy that Jesus is going to Zacchaeus' house. Why? Because it's Zacchaeus that little twerp, he's taking all my money. He's giving me a hard time. He's got all these guys working for him. They come knocking at the door. One, I'm working hard. He's over there getting rich. Guy can't even worship God. He's a loser. And he's going to his house? Some of them might have been a little bit jealous. They might have been thinking, "Now we're living a pretty good life. Why didn't he come to my house? Some of them even might have made plans for him to come to their house. They got all cleaned up and everything, said, You were going to try to invite Jesus over today when he comes through town. He goes to Zacchaeus' house. Complaints were based on people's personal feelings about Zachary. Zach, I keep trying to call him Zachary. Zach, Zacchaeus, that's why I'm calling him Zach. So their feelings are based on what they feel about him. Their their comments are complaints. And so, uh, you know, maybe there's jealousy. They didn't feel feel that he was worthy to have Jesus come to his house. Now, I've got a question. Isn't it the same way today? Really, if you think about it, isn't it really the same way today? I mean, people are so judgmental. Society judges people based on things like their social status, how much money they make, what neighborhood they live in, the car that they drive, the clothes they wear, the people they hang out with. The the employment that they have, the education that they have, people judge other people based on those things. And so often, just like Zacchaeus, we allow what other people think about us to help define what we feel about ourselves. We let what other people think bother us even sometimes drive our life in a direction, cause us to buy some, a car that's too expensive for us to drive. To spend too much money to live in a certain neighborhood so that we'll look like we think everybody else wants us to look. Right? That's what we do. But we can see from this story that Jesus sees things so differently. He went to Zach's house. You know why he went there? Because he knew that Zach needed to hear how much he mattered to God. He knew that he needed to hear that he was created in God's image and that God loved him and had a plan for his life. He needed that. Regardless of what everybody else was saying, regardless of all the comments, the judgmentalism, all the stuff everybody had to say, Jesus said, I need to go to your house because you need to hear what I got to say. God's love for you is not predicated on what other people say or feel about you. And, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, this is a personal side, but I'm just going to tell you, I, I'm going to be transparent and honest. You know, I, I spent 20 years as a banker, you know, uh, before I was a pastor, and in my younger years, and I was, as I was trying to climb the corporate ladder... Man, I tried to dress a certain way. I tried to hang out with the right people. I wanted to live in the right neighborhood. I wanted to drive the right car because it was all part of the persona of climbing the corporate ladder and being all you needed to be so that everything would be good and all that. I don't know when this happened, but I don't know if I'm just older now and I'm more mature. I don't know. Maybe God's just done a work in my life and all that, but I'm just going to tell you guys I'm being blatantly, brutally transparent and honest, I could give a rip what anybody thinks about me. I do not care. I I don't. I've been a pastor long enough to know that everybody's got plenty of their own problems to worry about. They don't need to be worrying about me. Right? There's a great Leonard Skinner song that says, don't be minding my business, you got enough problems of your own. Leonard Skinner's good theology right there, I'm telling you. But it's the truth. I mean, I don't know, I don't care. Now, that's not, I'm not trying to be smug, I'm not trying to be anything else. You know what I do care about? I do care if people see Jesus in me. Yeah, you know, I want people to see that I love Jesus. And, and, and I want them to see that it really does matter if you have a relationship with him. But, but, but I don't care about the other stuff. And if somebody cares and it bothers them because I live where I live or drive what I drive or look like I look or do what I look, then. Find another friend, phone a friend, because I don't care. But if we're truthful, a lot of our lives at different times in our lives have been driven by what I'm talking about right now. But God doesn't care what other people feel about you, He cares about your heart. So don't let other people define your life and your existence, because life passes by really quickly. And you'll find yourself a little older one day and realize you've lived your life for everybody else instead of for yourself and for your Savior. Don't let that happen. That's a pitiful way to live. A pitiful way to live. He creates each of us to to play a unique role in his master plan. I'm not like you. You're not like me. We don't look alike. We got different gifts, abilities, talents, resources, I always say that stuff, and and he created us. Why? Because you have a unique role to play in the kingdom of God. That's an amazing thing. And that day Zacchaeus found that out. And the other thing we see here is that God's love for you is not based on what you've done. It's not based on what you have done. He says in verses 8 through 10, and Zacchaeus stood, okay, now, no, Jesus has come to his house, and then we have this part that's not there. It's like, I want to know what they talked about. I want to know every word. I want to hear the conversation. I want to be a fly on the wall. We're not given that. But I do know this. Listen to this. It says, in Zacchaeus that day, they're having a conversation, and at the end of that conversation, Zacchaeus stands up, and he says to Jesus, behold, Lord the half of all that I have, all my goods, I'm going to give it to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I'm going to restore it fourfold. And Jesus, being Jesus, knew that he was being honest and truthful and his heart had been changed. And he said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house since he also was a son of Abraham. He says, he's a Jew. And today... He's recognized the Messiah. Today, he's put his faith and trust in me and Jesus. And today, salvation has come to his house. That's an amazing thing that has happened. That phrase should be a huge source of encouragement to you and me. Just think about it, regardless of Zacchaeus' past, regardless of the dishonesty, regardless of the lying, the stealing, the self-centeredness, the materialism, regardless of all the sins in his life, Up until that point, he was pretty much void of a relationship with God of any kind. But that day, he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and he was forgiven of all his sins, and salvation came to his house that day. He was saved that day. That's incredible. When you really think about it, that's amazing. Listen to me. It still works exactly the same way today. It works the same way. Listen to this. In the book of Acts, it says, in Acts 13, 38, it says, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, that through this man, through Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And then in 1 John 1, 9, I say this every single week at the end of my time with you up on the stage. I say it every week. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from unrighteousness. And, and, I, and I tell you that, I tell you that you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, that you will be saved. Jesus wants you to put your faith and trust in Him, regardless of how you've lived your life, regardless of that thing you did, thing you said, that attitude you had, the lifestyle you led, the, all the sins in your life, regardless of how bad you've been up until a certain point in time in your life, Jesus wants a relationship with you. And, and He can, you can invite Him into your house, and He can make a difference. Salvation can come to your house. And listen to this. When you do that in 2 Corinthians, Paul's writing a letter to the Corinthians, and he's talking about this. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. He makes you a brand new person, takes away all the junk, forgives you of the sin, and makes you a brand new person. Zacchaeus was made a brand new person that day. The guy that was a taker became a giver. That day. Isn't it great to see how much that God loves us? But listen, if you're still not convinced, I have one more thing I want to share with you. This is a little more proof. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And as I said earlier in in, in that John, uh, I mean in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Here's what I want you to take. This, This is an incredible story. Because I'm telling you, somewhere in his story, it intersects with yours, and it intersects with mine. We can inject ourselves into this story, because some of you have lived your life for years feeling like you don't matter. Some of you have lived your life for years living your life and adjusting your life and doing everything based on what everybody else says and thinks and what you think they're saying about you. And some of you don't think you can have a relationship with God and you can't move forward because you've done this thing. You were this bad and you feel like there's, there's no hope. Well, I wanna encourage you today. I want this story of Zacchaeus to encourage you today. I want you to stop thinking today that God does not care about you or love you. Stop worrying about what other people think about you. Stop worrying about and stop thinking negatively about yourself. Stop dwelling on your past sins. Just realize that God loves you and created you, and He wants this amazing relationship with you. And if you will just stop for a moment, pay attention to Him, you can have a relationship with Him. Imagine for a moment that we're all there today, and we're all sitting here, and it's a little different. You're all on the street, and Jesus is walking by. And he just stops and he says, hey, Joe, hey, Susie, hey, hey, Sharon, hey, Bill, hey, Tammy, hey, Chloe, hey, John, hey, Jack, hey, I want you to come to my house today. I want you, I want to come, I want to come to your house today. I, I, I want, I want today, I want to go to your house. Will you invite him to come today? Because if you will, you will be able to say." Salvation has come to this house today. And it will change everything. What an amazing story. Pray with me. If you, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, but you, you want to have that relationship and you genuinely feel it in your heart, deep down in your soul, and you feel God, God just tugging your heart, you just pray with me right now. You just say, Jesus, I am a sinner. God, I have believed in you for years, but I have not believed into you. And, that, that, and when you believe into something, that's different than just believing in it. And, 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 I, and I believe in who you are and what you did, and I, I want to put my faith and my trust in you, and, I, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, to make me part of your family, to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that today, let me just tell you something. We have the promise of Scripture that He saved you. Now you may not know exactly what that means at this moment. Time you go, well, what happens to me now? You know what? I'm waiting for a lightning bolt. Well, there's not going to be a lightning bolt probably, but 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 here's what you can do. In a moment, we're going to sing a song, and we're all going to stand up. And when we do that, you can just slide out and then go right to the back. We already have people back there. They've got lanyards on that say "Prayer Team" shirts, and they're just waiting pray with you and to talk to you and to answer your questions and help you understand where you go from here and what's next. and Here's some good resources for you so that we can all be part of your journey and help you come along beside you. They're just waiting. I'd ask you to do that if you prayed that prayer today. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian. You've been a Christian for a long time, but the fact of the matter is some Christians I know still live their life based on what other people think about them. Some of them still are pretty down on themselves. Some of them still have trouble with some old past sin they've already been forgiven of it. they can't quite seem to get out of their system. Maybe you need to go pray with somebody today. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Christ today. I don't know. Maybe you need to make your way to one of these crosses put a prayer request up there. We pray for those in our staff meeting. I don't know exactly what you need to do. But I believe wholeheartedly right now that Jesus just stopped. And I believe he's looking out and he's calling your name. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to invite him to your house? Or are you going to just go, I'm not interested in talking to you? What are you going to do? It's up to you. Stand with us as we continue to worship.